Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars. And this week, we do actually talk about cars. I want to talk to you uh, about a car, which I know is a bit weird on this podcast. But, what, car-based um, podcast? A yeah. car-based podcast, but yeah. uh, uh, I've just had a week with the Toyota Grrr Yaris. Grr, is, that, um, is that Cornish pirate Yaris, you say? Grrr Yaris. Grrr Yaris. Grr, Yaris. Grr, Yaris. Like uh, which the- I know you've driven because I've watched your Late Break Show film about it. Yeah, I know you drove it a bit ago, and I, I've been uh, waiting to have a go in this. Which, you know, of course, every car media has been frotting themselves senseless over this <laughs> car, and there's a thread on it on piston heads, which is like over four hundred pages long. Is there? People, yeah, and it's full of people who've bought them or have ordered them. You know, it's like it's really created a bit of a buzz. This car, so I was quite keen to have a go in it, and. You know, you get these cars where there's like sort of quite a lot of what feels like hype around them, and there's always a sense you're going to go, "Ah, oh dear, is it? Is it as good? Is yeah. it all that?" And so I thought it was. I, I would start this show with some truths about the Gariaris. Gariaris, you bastard! Grrr. And the truth is, it's fucking brilliant. It's absolutely <laughs> sensationally good fun. And um, I, I said to someone on Twitter last week because who I, I mentioned it on there, and then. Someone went, oh, come on, I'm sick of all this hype. What's it really like? And and I, I had to say, sometimes people can say something's really brilliant and it's still really brilliant, and they're saying that because it's really brilliant. And I think this is, this is true. You know, it's not perfect. It's no. not the best car ever in history, but it's bloody good fun and really interesting in a number of ways. And um, I'm, I, I think it's a terrific thing for Toyota to do because in on paper it makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, they, the, the details, you pointed out in your review, the detail that's gone into it and the re-engineering... It's is, bonkers. It's mind-boggling. Oh, it's, it's lost lead. It's got lost leader written all over it, hasn't it? I do wonder, with Toyota, though, because they didn't get rich by writing checks when they didn't need to, I sort of feel like there must have been some meeting or other where they sort of justified it to themselves like sort of corporate man maths where they went well look if we spent this many million on marketing maybe we'd get this much return on it in terms of extra sales and image and all that or you know because image is very hard ones but if you go well what about if we didn't spend the millions just on ads and you know lending cars to celebrities or whatever what if we just built a fuck off rally car yeah, and Accio just went out there and just said, "Just tell you what, Accio, just build the car that you want to compete in with Tommy, and and then we'll just we'll just pull the trigger on it and go, yeah, okay, let's do that." I have a problem with um, Accio Toyota because it, it sounds like you're trying to say his name is Accio Toyota, but you're you're doing you're talking like a shit DJ. 
<laughs> hey, okay. Asakio yeah. Toyota with his new Coming s- up. His new <laughs> single is Girl Yari. <laughs> hey, hi guys. Okay. Uh, giving it the full 3070 split in sport mode as ever. It's Akio Toyota. The 3070 yeah. would be the remix, obviously. You'd have the 3070 yeah. oh, yeah, the th- remix. <laughs> he wouldn't give the job to Stellantis because they uh, there's a beef there. But uh, yeah, the 3070 remix of Gurriaris is um, is a banger. Problem with Stellantis, um, they make light of it when it's actually quite a heavy duty track. Um, yeah. I've done an awful lot of back work put into it, and Stellantis would gloss <laughs> over all that and make it very Eurovision. And it'd be like, I'm not having that. <laughs> I'm not freaking having that. Why have you put a saxophone over almost all of it? That's terrible. Um, anyway, I want to. Um, there's a couple of things I want to mention specifically about the Gur Yaris, and one of them is something you brought up in your review because you said all oh, there's, there's loads of cubbies inside, but that's no good because everything will just slip around. Yeah, they're all very shiny I, um, cubbies. Uh 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 uh. The one underneath the the infotainment screen. It's got a rubber mat. I bunged my phone on there and, and a pair of sunglasses and then went out and drove like a twat and they did not slide about. So oh. um, there was, I was really impressed, actually. <laughs> Never mind the grip of the chassis. The grip of the rubber inserts in the cubby tray in the middle of the dashboard was um, top-notch. In which case, I failed in my mission to comprehensively review the car. You're going to have to go back and remake your, whole, I, your video. I'm absolutely going to have to go back. Damn it. Now the other thing, you know how the the seat, the driver's seat, particularly if you, you know, we're both quite tall, and, and the driver's seat is a bit high, and it won't go down. Yes, as low as you might want it. And I've seen this mentioned in other reviews and things. And I know some people are already working. Aftermarket people are working on kits to sort it out. Um, Litchfield, the yes. respected British tuner, have got yep. a whole Gurriaris thing going on, um, including I think they're working on a on a kit to drop the seat um and i asked toyota i was like is this because like it has to be sort of you know 98th percentile human being has to be within a certain range of the airbag for homologation reasons and it's related to it being derived from the um normal yaris and they went all right i see what you mean yeah no no it's not that (laughs) <laughs> well, in fact, funny enough, initially they thought it was something to do with that, but um, one of the PR guys went and actually asked um, the um, what's his name, the bloke who was like one of the head guys on the team. I can't remember. Anyway, it's not important. He came back and said, "No, it's deliberate because the drivers sit very high in WRC cars these days." Do I, I mean? Not, I, do they? I do. Okay, but they I'm sit weirdly high. The co-driver sits on the floor, the like he's down a little nest on the floor, like a baby bird. Co-driver does cannot see over the steering uh, over the dashboard because no. I've no. been a co-driver and I know it's terrifying for that reason. The um, the the co-driver is like like a dog in a bed on the floor of the car, <laughs> and and then the um, Saito-san, that's the guy, um, the chief engineer. He. Um, the, they, they asked him and he came back directly and went they, they wanted a rally car view of the road ahead so it's deliberate but I, for I, me because I'm quite tall I found want, it a little bit too high too high yeah a bit sort of Clio um, Renault Sport which is, was always too yeah. high yeah which yeah. was one of the things that let it down all the controls felt so good and so engaging but you did feel a little bit perched on a bird table yeah than, but those Clios those old Clios had very sort of metro 
angled steering wheel, didn't they, as well? A bit, bit sort of like a bus. A bit of 45 degrees rather than... Yeah, yeah it's true. I um, think the thing about the Guerrieris is that it it's so it's so compromised in that uh uncompromised in that it it's it's a true homologation car that is f- and the attraction is the fun to drive and that that rawness and most homologation cars historically like the Yaris actually aren't very attractive cars you're mm. not attracted to them because you think they look good and, yeah. and 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 that's I think that's the case for all of it. The the love grows for you knowing what it can do, and how yes. how tough it is, and how much punishment it can be put through. And so, because if anyone says the short wheelbase Audi Quattro is more attractive than the normal one, well, they're just bonkers. It just looks <laughs> stupid, doesn't it? It looks like you've had your, yeah. you've had your legs cut off at the shins. So yeah, it looks like one of those Renault Kangoo vans you can get now. You know those really oh, short yeah. wheelbase kangoos? They just look ridiculous. It looks like a, a test mule for something else that's much smaller. They just, <laughs> just cut and shut it. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. And I, I like a Dakar the special. They never what look makes, right, do they? Dakar special. No, no. There's always something a bit weird about them, <laughs> like a bad drawing of an actual car. Um, the the um, the Gur, the thing. I went out in it. Had a, a proper drive sort of did like 150 odd miles in in one afternoon in it just went out and drove round and some nice roads not far from here and um i it was not ideal because we the snow that we'd had was it was melting mostly but out in the countryside not entirely and it was wet and it was cold and i was like this is not good weather to be stropping about but it almost played to the car's strengths oh yeah because i couldn't believe how much grip it's got when it needs it but i think what makes it um appealing is that you know it's like a lots of four-wheel drive cars have got a lot of grip but then they're sort of somehow a bit you know they're a bit too good almost but it moves around a little bit and you feel the back end working as hard as the front so it's not all fronty like a fiesta st or something because it's four-wheel drive and the back's doing some effort but then nor is it sort of you know a golf r is really really good but sometimes it just feels like it's almost too easy because it's just got it it's got it all covered and well that's why i'm not i'm not a massive fan of the golf i think it's good but it's hmm. it's in danger of going towards the 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 quattro num side yeah where it's just like if an audi s3 does all of this but it's it's instantly gratifying in that you know it's going to just hang on for grim death but it's not actually exciting yeah yeah and i just think the the yaris has got a bit of a sense of of, of movement, like not, it's not like it's sliding all over the place. And I certainly wasn't brave enough to do proper kind of helmsman-y Yeah, but you use the you use the manual wand, surely, because it, 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 it honestly <laughs> just grabs once. the back perfectly. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I did do it just once, but um, uh, yeah, I just thought that thing. It's got a bit of a bit of movement in it, a bit of, and I love the way it rides. It's firm, but I like the way it feels tough and sort of like it's it's got soft edges. It's a bit sort of Lotusy or a bit Porsche GT3 or something like that. If anyone has ever driven any of those kind of cars where you go it's not a soft ride but somehow it's got soft edges on it it's, it's firm but comfortable that's the way yeah it's, it's firm yeah, it's, it's not crashing around it's not amg plus which is just or sport no. what's it sport plus on the amgs oh my it's, God. Just well, it's just lunatic they just lock the spring solid or something yeah it's um yeah and i kind of i was trying to work out why why the car's appealing um as well is sort of because i think it's got some qualities that that shine when you're not driving around like a twat because 
you know some fast cars they only work and become enjoyable when you're really when you're on it about yeah that's their party piece yeah but because it's got a nice gear change and because it's got that sort of good ride which weirdly sort of works in urban areas because you feel like you're not going to break the car as you're going over badly surfaced roads and speed bumps and stuff it's sort of it has things that delight you at normal speeds and then you know that when you get out of town you can sort of stop about and it's and it's it's really talented and amusing and that engine's good it pulls like a bastard doesn't it it does believe how for a turbo particularly it really sort of revs when you get up on it and um and also i just like the fact it's a toyota because i sort of feel like i trust them that they've made it work properly like as in you can rag the crap out of it and and it's probably going to stay the distance um, I desperately also, want someone. If I was an influencer, I would buy one now, and I would make mm. the experiment would be: I'm going to do a hundred thousand miles in it without any form of servicing, and I'm going to drive it as fast <laughs> as possible. <laughs> well, why not? Because <laughs> no, I think a that would make a genuinely interesting influencer video, but two, yeah. um, I think it would be a car that would has probably been tested to do that by Toyota, yeah. and it's been fine. You just go. Yeah, I'm not sure about the no servicing thing because I have a feeling that engine's quite highly strung, isn't it? Like, you know, it's. Yeah, I, do you know, see, see that message that flashes up on the dashboard when it's cold and you set off when you first start it? it I mean, it's you know, it's right up our street. Given what we were talking about last week about treating cold engines with respect, and and um, it flashes up a message that says avoid excessive acceleration due to low temperatures. Oh, so I it's, did. It's, it's giving you a little kind of. Now look, it's cold. <laughs> Don't rev me until I'm warmed up, you bastard. Don't be a penis. That's a little giveaway to the fact that, you know, it's... uh, it's, it's Is it um, Mitsubishi Evo FQ400 kind of territory where it's just like... Oh, you seem to reverse out of your garage. Please change my oil. (laughs) It's like the the lid on top of a um, a boiling pan where, you know, it just... The water water (laughs) starts to just skip the top of the pan. I I always imagine that to be the head gasket of the FQ400. (laughs) It's just skipping and a little bit of steam's popping out here and there. It's like, listen, I will deliver what you want and you will be impressed. Well, the head's just pattering on the block. It's it's actually hovering. It's just sort of levitating. (laughs) Um, one final thing about it I was just going to say that sort of I know you didn't like the interior so much in your review and I I sort of didn't mind it and I thought it all works fine and and like I was saying about I like the Toyota-ness of it because you know like the column stalks and stuff are all very satisfyingly sort of smooth and high quality and then I noticed something that I went to change the volume on the stereo and I, I hadn't noticed the volume controls on the wheel because they're a little bit small and fiddly. And I went to the, the knob on the unit and I went to the far side, like I reached over to the, the left-hand side because I assume that's where the volume knob is because on most cars it is because they're designed by left-hand drive countries and they don't flip them for right-hand drive. And in the Guru Yaris, as I guess in all Yarai, the volume knob is nearest the driver, which is good where it should be. And I thought, well, of course, because it's Japanese, it's from the right-hand drive country. And then I saw a picture of a left-hand drive interior. They flip the volume knob. Really? And I thought, well, that's just thoughtful, thoughtful, isn't it? That's thoughtful. And what do people want from life if not a little thoughtfulness? Toyota would be a very good lover. Very considerate lover. Very considerate lover. 
But, you know, yeah, I, if, I, my, my if, final thought for the Gurrieris is the fact that there's so much of um, a buzz about it from us mm. lot and others and a lot of a lot of people who maybe normally go down the sports car supercar buying slash collecting route have bought one mm. which is great but it isn't a limited edition car i think a lot of people think it's limited edition but it isn't that's an interesting point if, yeah. if there's a demand for it they toyota said to me if there's a, if there's demand for it we just keep making them <laughs> so actually, you know what, if there's a massive demand for them, it could it could end up being a I think it could end up having the having that sort of 911 effect where you think you're buying a car that's extra special and because yeah. it's a 911 it is but it's actually still a very very mass produced car, but it still yeah, feels yeah. special. You still yeah. want it and you still think it's got something extra. So this is not a like I've got a gold plaque and honestly this is only one of 300 globally blah 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 but yeah it's managed to capture that magic that feeling that you are buying something limited mm. because I think you are buying something genuine I think I might have said it in the piece you mm. I don't think there's going to be another car like this a piston car non-hybrid no. um and, and of course this car was built for a purpose that's actually null and void now which is just weird yeah, um, but you, which kind of I makes it even more interesting. Thing. Yeah, I have a feeling the only thing that will contribute to its rarity in the future is I, I sort of have a bad sense that quite a few of them are going to get crashed and or stolen. Of course, so, yeah, but look, that didn't harm the, the legend of the Cosworth or the Lotus Carlton. Oh no, the, no, it won't harm the legend at all. I just no. it probably will just thin out the numbers a little bit. But I, yeah, you're right. It's a good point. I don't think it's going to be a mega rare car. But then yeah, also you're right. The 911s aren't either, and they still they're still very very desirable. Very desirable. Hold their value and all that sort of stuff. And you, so, you, um, you mentioned the stalks. You were talking about the mm, nice stalks and things. I love well. a smooth stalk. It's the one thing that lets down my 911. Those that era of 911, 907s. The, the stalk action is is piss poor. Yeah. You need some really billet, crunchy. billet stalks or some <laughs> carbine stalks. Didn't in at one point in their history, didn't TVR used to they, they kept on using like generic voxel stalks, but they just sort of put like leather and chrome sleeves over them. <laughs> I think they did actually. Was it right at the end? They, they have yeah, like a I think knurled... so because you had to pay more for them. Or yeah, something. It's just someone on sure a CNC TVR. machine just kind of turning out the end knobs. <laughs> I I. I've talk, I wanted to bring up stalks because I know today we were going to we, we were intending to talk about Teslas and there's a quote that I've just written down in my notebook: "Stalkless steering yoke." Yes, uh, Teslas announced the um, revised Model S and Model X. Uh, is it played? Yeah, so is it played edition? Do you, do you call it played? Played? Plaid? Plaid? I'm going to call yeah, it. Yes, so they've plain. announced the updated Model S, Model X, and the big thing that's drawing all the attention is that um, the steering wheel is now more like a control yoke out of an aeroplane, or the wheel in kit. On <laughs> the Night Rider. Night Rider. It is Night Rider spec. And either way, this is exactly the sort of idiotic toss that draws in the kind of weird man children who get drawn towards tesla and elon musk but in the real world that unless the steering is basically so half quick. a turn lock to lock yes how is that going to be practical in like a multi-story car park or indeed anywhere except on sort of a road in nevada that's straight roads. yeah and well, it's like it's almost because i bet tesla people will say well it's okay because 
it's you know the, it's auto the, driving the autopilot yeah but the autopilot won't work in exactly situations where you need tight lock no like, it won't i don't know you know maneuvering around a car park no. I just don't get it. Also, in an emergency situation where you do have to grab the wheel for some reason or other, then it you're going to be there. grabbing at air. Yeah, <laughs> air grab. It's absolutely fucking stupid. And then the indicators have been taken off the stalk and their um, buttons on the wheel, which, as anyone who's ever spent any time in a sort of modern generation Ferrari knows, does not work. No, it's a bit crap, isn't it? And it's actually the ones the ones in the Tesla are worse than the ones in Ferrari because Ferrari have two big proper buttons and left is on the left and right is on the right. The Tesla one, both are on the left, and they're um, they're touch sensitive buttons. Oh no! With haptic feedback, but that doesn't you're gonna have to look down to find them. It's like you don't have to look at an indicator stalk because you just know where it is by touch. And it's it's I mean it's it's literally dangerous. Yeah. I I think that's probably an oversight. I mean, the performance figures quoted uh, an Elon saying that um, it's the first production car to complete 0 to 60 in less than two seconds, the, the Model S Plaid. Hmm. Uh, and I have to say the, the, the revised looks of the Model S, because the Model S is the only Tesla that looks half good, I would say. I couldn't live with it. See, I, the Model 3's grown on me. I think it's quite a nice-looking car. It's weird head-on, because yeah, it doesn't it's, it's have awful. enough tumble home. Yeah, um, but it's I I no I, there's loads of them around here these days, and I just I always think they they're actually not a bad looking car. And funny enough, there was a black one parked around the corner from our house the other day, and I was walking past it with my boy who's yeah. six. Yeah, and he went, "That's a cool car." Did he? And he didn't even know what it was. Which yeah, which is really interesting. Yeah, yeah, which is funny because he's no, that's not normally the kind of car that would attract his attention. If it had been a Lamborghini, it would have been. You know, that's well, the kind of thing that grabs him. But it's funny because I sort of was looking at social media, and, and of course, you know, I'm bitching about the control yoke because I do think it's genuinely an absolutely <laughs> nobbingly stupid idea. And there's a reason. You know, if GM had introduced that on a car, everyone would be howling with laughter at their desperation, their pathetic attempts to do something new. That's but true, actually. Yeah, that's Because it's true. Tesla, it's like, oh, oh, Elon Musk, he's so visionary. No, he's not. He's playing everyone by just coming up with childish shite to grab attention. And it's working because on social media, I noticed I think particularly people who aren't especially into cars are going, "Oh wow!" And if they're of a certain age, they're going, "Oh wow, I could be a night rider," you know. So it's like it's pushed the right buttons. There's yeah. no wonder that people, especially non-car people, think that Tesla is really, really cool. And but I guarantee, if Ford or GM or Renault or anyone had tried that same trick, yeah, they'd have people would have been going, "Well, that's just pathetic, isn't it?" What are they trying? Oh my god. They're just desperate for, for something. They're grasping for ideas and coming up with any old nonsense. And But, yeah. The other thing about those new um, those updated Teslas is that uh, they Musk is saying that the car will be capable of deciding which direction you want to go in, forwards or backwards. So when you get in it save and it's it. up against a wall... Just save it. I'm not interested. Uh, I mean, this to me is like proper mind-boggling Don't, mind don't tell me stupid. where I do or don't want to go. I'm no. driving the bastard car. So you put, apparently if it's up against a wall, you put your foot on the brake to start it, and then the car goes, well, you can't go forwards because there's a wall, so I'm putting you in reverse. And you go, okay, well, I mean, that, as a, as a, as a very, very specific example, um, that's okay. But then what if you just put your foot on your brake to start it and then you're farting around with your phone and you absentmindedly take your foot off the brake and the car is in reverse but you didn't put it there and off your car goes into a child. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they'll say, oh, I, it's got sensors, it would never run over a child. And it's like, well, the, all those people who have crashes when they're on autopilot, 
didn't agree with that, did they? So I don't know. It's <clears> this you know, trust in tech that hasn't, I think, been fully proven out yet. That is the worry. The Model S Plaid still just doesn't sound right to me. One point <laughs> nine nine seconds to sixty, which is in- incredible. And uh, 155 miles an hour over the quarter mile, 200 mile to- hour top speed. And then the Plaid Plus flagship model will get will bump the range up um, from um, to more than 520 miles. That's on the mm. USA EPA scale, which is actually more uh, more strict, I think, a little bit more yeah. critical, which is, yeah. I think, the highest range EV known in production. Yeah, um, that, I mean that's the stuff that's really <clears throat> impressive. Well, that's what and it I, gets that's buried what, beneath idiotic steering wheels completely because that's what Tesla is amazing at, and that's what Tesla is unbeatable. No one can get near them for that. And that's um, not even with their new battery tech, is it? That's they've just updated some of the cooling and things in the existing pack. I think so. So yeah, that if that's even close to accurate. Yeah. That's you know that's genuinely brilliant. And that's well, the kind that's of thing that's the real we'll... that's the real cool stuff, and that's yeah that's the envy of all of the other OEMs. And that when when people f- fire their verbal grenades at me on um on YouTube comments and stuff, it's like listen, I don't I'm I'm, don't, I'm not a Tesla hater because Tesla's uh, drivetrain, their cells and their motors are the envy of everybody in mm. this in the car industry. It's the other bits I have the problem with. And as we've said many times before, I suspect the people that don't quite see the difference in build quality are people that aren't car people. In the same mm. way that if you go and get your car resprayed, there are many ways you can respray a car. And there's many uh, qual- qualities of finish. But if you haven't looked at what is a good repaint and what is a shite repaint, then you're not going to know the difference, are you? I feel a bit strange. We've um, we've essentially covered. Well, we reviewed a car and then we've we've covered some car news, which is a bit. This is um, far too sensible character. for Smith and Stiff. It's yeah, got, it's got I was to looking at my now. notes for things I wanted to talk to you about, and yeah. uh, the next one on my list is lemon curd. Isn't it underrated? Lemon curd is underrated. Um, there was a woman so around the underrated. corner from my mum and dad who I used to mow her lawn, and she used to make lemon curd from scratch, and we used to buy it. Really? It lemon lovely. Ah. Yeah. She had a whole string of Renault 5s. Was it Le Car? She just used to drive yeah. Le, Le Cars around. Um, yeah. It's something about a three bolt alloy wheel, which is slightly disconcerting, but yeah. very stylish yeah, at the same feels- time. It feels perilous. Citroen AXs, I think, used to. They were. I just go, ooh, perilous that. I don't don't you just that. think, hang hard on. Hard cornering. If I was going to scrimp on the uh, on the production of a vehicle, would I scrimp on one wheel bolt? Or would I just go, <laughs> just, make, just make the parcel shelf a little bit thinner? Because, you know, if the parcel shelf falls off, no one's going to die. <laughs> I, I mean, I suppose conversely, you know, there's that old thing about... Um, Anyone could design a bridge that stays up, but a good engineer would design a bridge that only just stays up, or something like that. Is it? And yeah, it's like about you know, essentially, that good engineering is is not using an excess of materials and overdoing it. That's it's right. Pointless. Yeah. So maybe the Citroen AX only needed three. Well, it was a light car. Yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah. So I mean, go with it. And maybe they were a bigger diameter bolt. I don't know offhand. Someone can tell me. In fact, Chris Harris could probably tell me because he's got. A couple of AX GTs, hasn't he? So he'd know all oh, about yeah. the three-wheel bolt scenario. And he's got a two CV. They've got three. Oh yeah, of course they were the originator of the three. I think, weren't they? 
Oh, I don't know. What's I mean, it? I suppose if anyone's listening who has had a TCV or a Citroen AX or uh, certain types of Renault 5 and has had a wheel come off under hard cornering <laughs> because of inadequate number of bolts, then do, <laughs> do get in touch uh, to help us with this crucial scientific research. Do you know what? Talk, talk, talking about that, um, of course, hard cornering on the, in those sorts of cars is usually you're more fixated with the body roll and the tyre trying to come off the, the bead of the tyre coming off the wheel. <laughs> and it reminds me of the fact that is it didn't, the, the world lost Remy Julien last week. Um, yes. Legendary, and I don't say that often enough, um, the legendary stunt driver of 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 French origin um, yeah. who did some of the most risky ballsy car driving that I've ever seen mm. and um and maybe didn't get quite as much um credit as he might have been due but I mean some very cool even some very sort of old school B- B-side films that weren't actually very popular films but had some amazing stunts in them that I've seen before. Yeah, he sort of, he gets, oh, the Italian job is always sort of mentioned, isn't it? But he did loads of, he was the sort of go-to stunt driver guy, wasn't he, in the Bond. There's a great picture in uh, that Bond cars book by Jason Barlow that we've talked about on the show before, who, uh, and there's a, there's a picture of, of Remy Julien um, practising some of the stunt work for View to a Kill with the Renault 11. And oh, the half this Renault. brilliant picture of a... Oh, it's a full, at this point, it's a full Renault 11, but it's also about 30 feet off the ground on some old airfield, about to land on a crash mat, like oh. one of those massive inflatable ones, because they're just, they're just practising you know, what they can do with the car. Wow. That was, um, that was him and his team. I, There's a story I heard about the Italian job. You know that jump where they go, they go up onto the, um, the roof of the Fiat factory at Lingotto yes go around the test track and then to get off the roof uh, keep looking for that exit and then they they jump between two buildings yes and and that was you know it sort of looks casually simple because three cars in formation jumping as well and it obviously it's mind-bogglingly dangerous because there are lots of variables and it could all go wrong and, um, and I'm sure I read this story where it's like Remy Julien and his team, before, just before they shot it, they were all just, they were out of the cars and up against a wall having a piss in sync. And um, someone was like, what, 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 what's going on here? What, you all need a piss now. And they're like, no, it's just, you know, if, if we're going to smash horribly into a ball of tangled metal, it's just better to have an empty bladder. It's one less complication if all your organs are getting punctured and shit. Oh my so gosh. I was like, that's. Pretty is that a stuntman thing or formation pissing? I maybe yeah. Or stunt woman it sort of makes sense, doesn't it? You just go, oh well, I'm afraid yeah, your your spleen's burst. Oh, and also your bladder has burst and released urine into your body. Yeah, where it shouldn't be. No, you I don't, don't want that. You don't want that. It's like a stunt tank in a car, isn't it? You know, those little <laughs> stunt tanks. You've only got enough fuel to do the stunt because why would you carry excess fuel? Why, why would you carry excess urine? That's into a brilliant. Stunt situation. Do you think stunt actors have a very small bladder for that reason? It's just a fuel cell, <laughs> isn't it? It's just a very small. And they have to go for a waz every kind of 10 minutes. Isn't or maybe it? they just don't drink water. They just. Oh, is that why Tiff doesn't drink water? Yeah, because he's very stunty. He's got a stunt yeah. bladder. Of course, that's totally. Well, what there it isn't is. such a thing as a bladder tank, is there? There is a bladder tank. Yeah, difference. Yeah, um, it could be. I, yeah. Anyway, no. May he may he rest in peace, Remy. Well, he's left legend. a hell of a legacy. I think that's that's, yeah, that's yeah. the main thing. And, and actually, the day before yesterday, um, in fact, the day of 
Bloodhound SSC project, the land speed car, um, saying that it's in financial dire straits once again. Um, yeah. Was the day that a chap called John Ackroyd died, who was the one of the main engineers on Thrust 2 with Richard Noble. And... The, the the head engineer of the Enfield 8000 electric city car, of which I have quite a big fascination with, as you'll know. But yeah, he mm. passed away. I think he was about 90. And I never got to meet him. I chatted to him on the phone several times, and he's, he wrote me a lovely letter, and he's got a book, which I bought because I was really into it. What a cool mm. guy. Again, just one of these people that... He just looked like a, an old person walking by on the street, and he was a, but yet was involved in... One of the the world's first electric city car, thrust to um, Richard Branson's round the world balloon conquest. Really? Yeah, yeah. He designed the the capsule, the the sort of survival oh pod, whatever you want to call what, it, out, out of Kevlar. What a varied career. Oh, you. That's not even the the start of it. He did some seriously strange stuff all over the place. There was a guy who of uh, totally Sammy Miller who had a jet-powered dragster car, and he was bored of driving it on drag strips. So he decided to turn the wheels into skis and try and drive it across oh a frozen lake instead. Uh. And he helped to, to, to kind of work out how lethal that was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've done all the calculations, and the answer is very, very lethal. Yeah, he, he, he did some remarkable stuff, and all started as a bloke in the, on the Isle of Wight hiring out deck chairs. So there you go. Just goes to prove that you can you can kind of do anything if you put your mind wow. to it. So yeah, and, yeah. I've, and I, I tipped my hat in his honour, and mm. uh, and I've, I'm glad I've got his little signed book. But uh, yeah, that's cool. Do you know what we haven't we have we've been far too mature in this podcast. I'm almost just slightly ashamed of myself. Um, uh, well, I was going to ask actually. There's another. I don't know if this is a mature question, but I yeah. want to ask why, um, just to get an update on how many courses are on your drive at the moment. <laughs> Well, following on from the Stellantis chat in the last cast. um... Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I have got two electric courses on my drive. and I, I Still just the two, is it? There's two on the drive. One's blue, one's orange, and one should be with me for a couple of months. The other one should have never turned up, and I still don't know why it's turned up. So this is you, you, because you rang me. Um, when was this? I can't remember when it's you rang me last week. F- yeah, five days ago. Something and like when? That. Yeah. <laughs> God, my. Um, so your long. What's which turned up first? The inexplicable one. The 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 blue one turned up first, which was inexplicable. 
so the, 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 the uh, I've got one for the next couple of months as a long term test car, and the, and they said we'll 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 send you one over. Is there a colour you'd prefer? And I said, oh, I quite like the orange because it's quite photographic. And the last car I had was electric blue, the the Kia Soul electric. I thought I don't really want another electric blue car. I'll go for the orange one. So this car turns up and it was electric blue. So I I sent a, t- a message going, oh, uh, it's not like a big deal don't worry but i thought we'd have both agreed that an orange one would be better be went oh yeah oh yeah i don't know what's happened there and then i'll go and find out and then the next day an orange one turned up uh with and i've just like well i don't i haven't actually driven it yet it's been here for four days but we've had snow and i've got another one so i don't know what to do but what's quite cool but the man who dropped the orange one off didn't at any point go oh i need to take that blue one away no but I have to say, did, did, did I mention that uh, I, I was driving an electric van the other week for a Stellantis product? Um, the E, the E partner. Yes, yeah, which was which I've really enjoyed. It's got the best dash binnacle, uh, gauge binnacle, of any vehicle I've driven in the last at least five years. When I say best, what? it's not the most impressive in terms of like wow. It's but it's vivid, simple real analog needles and gauges but but beautifully really? lit yes i've took a picture of it i was so impressed with it and it's oh. just a van but it's great i love the layout it's really simple and it just works and it, and i think it's aesthetically pleasing so um and it does also have a head-up display and it's a van oh. It's just like it's a van van. It's not like a you know. That's a van. van. Seats in the back. No, van, it's, van, a van. Van. it's a van. It's a van. It's a van. It's a fucking van. Van. You do. It's a van. Van. It is a hanging van. van. Yeah. So and it's a really good van. <clears throat> lovely, lovely van. I've written down Kevin McLeod Granada Designs. You know when you messaged me, what was this? The other it was about three or four weeks ago. You messaged me and said that you I can't remember what else you were doing. You might be doing homework with your kids or something like that. And you said you were listening to the Grand Designs theme really loud. I hadn't had much sleep, and I think I drunk something. What did I drink the night before? I think I had four beers, which is quite a lot for me. And the next morning, I was a bit woolly-headed. I was doing homeschooling with the kids, responsible parenting, and I just thought, I'm going to play the theme tune to Grand Designs. And I really enjoyed it, because it's quite short, because it's a TV theme tune. So I played it four times. <laughs> <laughs> to the point, I think, where my wife went, could you just, what are you doing? What's going on? Stop it. Is this a ringtone? Like, no. Because you'd said that to me, I went and queued it up and listened to it, and it's quite magical, isn't it? Oh, it's twinkly. I mean, it's quite the. I mean, because it's nineties, isn't it? Grand designs. I think it came out in the nineties. Oh, it's getting on a bit so. now. It's over twenty years yeah, old, I reckon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do. I do enjoy it. Um, but I think Kevin could diversify into a, mar- a car mark specific uh, show. Uh, and Granada Designs would be it, surely. <laughs> Talk me through the format. Well, it would be um, it would be Miguel and Pandora have uh, bought a, a holiday home in Spain, but we're not going to talk about that. What we're going to talk about is the fact that in the garage they have got a um, Coke bottle coupe version of the Mark One Granada. <laughs> 
and they're, uh. they're deciding whether or not they're going to change it to steam power or whether they're going to they're going to they're going to cover the whole body in solar panels and just drive around only in broad daylight anyway join us for the show <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it is. It would just be they've got, their budget is how much is your budget for to convert this Mark One Granada? Well, we've set aside between seven and eight hundred thousand pounds. <laughs> <laughs> we've commissioned Ricardo Engineering yeah. to do a full job on it. Uh, okay, so, so yeah, you're you're quite... spending some serious money on it. Well, yeah, it's something we've thought about doing for a really long time. It's it's definitely something we've wanted to do forever i mean i'm not saying that granada designs is going to be a mainstream show although it you feels know, a little niche and it feels particularly that you've boxed yourself in a little bit if i came to you and went now what i'm proposing is a nuclear powered rover 800 no I'm sorry. no no i'm not granadas. interested <laughs> only granadas i'm a bit marginal on scorpios to be honest i mean you know Gran- we'll be purist about this. Granada designs. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I think it. You know what it's like, though. Wealthy people copy other wealthy people. Richard, I, I think this this mm-hmm. kind of unhappy. You know, if if the Joneses have got X, then the other Joneses want Y. Suddenly, you're in the realms of 1.6 million pound uh, Granadas. Who needs a Pagani's Honda? Who needs a um, I don't know, Siesto Elemento, whatever it's called, Lamborghini. No, don't need that at all. I think um, I think a Mark II 2.8 Gear X with a completely <laughs> translucent carbon fibre body, uh, shortened wheelbase. Uh, well, why not? Why not? Three, four, why not? Four Tesla motors why in it. Why not? As long as, uh, as, long <clears throat> as during the build, Kevin McLeod turns up intermittently and is a bit sneering about it, but ultimately, then likes it. Oh, of course. Halfway through the build, it was set, and, and of course, at the end. Look, I'm I'm going to be honest. I didn't think I'd in, I'd, I'd like what you were going to do with this Ford. But as time's gone on, I've looked at it and thought, yeah, actually, I think you've done a reasonable job. Now, tell me, have you um have you overstepped your mark on budget? <laughs> you were going to spend about seven hundred k on this working class two door coupe from England. What, what have you spent on it? Oh well, we you know we got a bit carried away with the switch gear. Um, we had an artisan Swiss watch maker, um, <laughs> made it all intricately, and there was a lead time of nine months on each gauge. So, and we've put sixteen gauges in the car, so it's sort of gone over a little bit. We spent one point two. That's quite a lot. Okay, obviously you're not going to get a return on your investment of your artisan Granada. However, I'm quite impressed with it. Where does the um, where does the inevitably pregnant wife fit into this? Well, because it's a working class Ford, obviously they, yeah, they they, they go out for drives and they might you know hang around laybys at night or <laughs> go a nice a nice vista. Really was, okay, um, I'm going to change the subject now. Yeah, because I did say to you. Uh, when I messaged you earlier in the week that um, we should do some uh, listeners' messages because they, they, they're stacking up and I'm feeling guilty is the honest truth. Yeah, um, I agree. And, um, 
so I'm just going to, as ever, I'm going to start uh, from the top, which means if you emailed us recently, you've got a better chance of being. Well, that's, that was totally unfair, terrible, but I'm not very organised. Um, well, I've had loads of messages with people suggesting um, family cars that I should get. There's one here from Stefan Davis who says um, that uh, I should get an MG ZTT, and he's done a little search for me. Uh, no V8s, but the KV6 is a sweet alternative. Um, probably already has a Michael Bolton CD slash cassette preloaded, um, <laughs> or he recommends a, a legacy. Uh, yeah, I'd, um, yeah, I maybe. Um, I don't know. I can't. I I'm, I'm I sure like. I, it's a car I've always quite fancied, but I think if I was going to get one, I. I w- it would have to be the V8 one, and I think the yeah. v- isn't the rarest of it. the rare is the V8 Estate MG ZTT, isn't it? Yeah, only surpassed by the Rover 75 Tora V8, which is proper. Oh yeah, I don't know, like twelve of them or something. I saw one once parked on the street in Crouch End of all places. Did and, you? Um, yeah, it was. <laughs> I, I'm not ashamed to admit this. Well, I kind of am, but I still, I stopped the car and went back to take a picture of it because I it was like you, seeing uh, a Richard. unicorn on the street so um, yeah it was in that gold colour that all the press pictures were in as well um, oh, that, was, Tom that wasn't mine although I did live in Crouch End yeah no, this definitely was after, didn't. I think, after you'd gone no um, it definitely wasn't there Tom either. Bennett uh, says um, there's a lot of people emailing and agreeing with us about short uh, short startup and switch off on engines as well so we feel we've indicated there um, oh, yeah, a lot of I people saying of that, that yeah. You need a, a a cassette adapter for your Nissan Taxi that can only get Cambridge FM. Yes, I I do need to do that, and I do remember those the very thin ribbony um, yes. lead that came out of it. I was why was wo- the cable so thin? I don't know. If you snag it while well, you're reaching across oh. to change the volume or or the aircon or something, you're in real trouble. Um, it's I just like a. A horsehair of, of cable, <laughs> but not even that strong. Just rubbery horsehair diameter cable. Yeah, why? Why pleated, so flimsy? Pleated horsehair. Well, it's gonna, it's gonna come. It's bound to be degradation of quality of, of audio yeah. sound. I, I don't know, but what I do know is that I'm probably gonna. I've, I've, I've decided that I might look out for a very, very JDME head unit. You know, like um. Nakamichi or something, so high, Ooh, high audio, high end. Yeah, yeah, high end EQ. But um, uh, yeah, I, I might get one of those because I've found a couple of secondhand ones. Because of course, again, nobody really wants a high quality single CD player. So maybe hmm. I'm going to quids in from that. I can buy myself a really nice natty Japanese Obsession head unit for sure. Mm. I went out in it again actually I was going to go out in it in the snow but I thought otherwise I thought that was a terrible idea so I, so I didn't take it out in the snow <laughs> had snow on it for four days so it just thawed out yesterday so it's but, living at your house at the moment yeah yeah absolutely yeah in fact oh, right. um, I assumed you'd stashed it somewhere no in fact um, this the vid- the latest video well, by the time this podcast comes out my, my video my first video on the, the, the Tokyo Cedric cab will be out and I have to say my favourite feature is the one that I've said to you before is where you can open the rear passenger door and close it at any speed and I love yes. that about it so I was going yeah. along the dual carriageway just opening and closing it like some sort of chitty chitty bang bang JDM chitty <laughs> chitty bang bang <laughs> also I didn't wasn't, chitty, wasn't there a remake of Chitty Bang Bang um, on 
early in January with David Williams. I, what? I, apparently there was. Yeah. I didn't really... Uh, I didn't read about it until a couple of days ago. I think it was on New Year's Day or something. It was called Chitty Returns or, I don't know, Shitty Old <laughs> Chitty, Shit Shit Face. Shitty Returns? Yeah, Chit Faced. I can't remember. But <laughs> <laughs> all, I, all I know is there's been a, there was a bit of a backlash to, with Walliams. Well, rightly so. I mean, I, I, you know, I can't remember anything about Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I'm sure it's not as good as it. Might live on in my brain, but even I can't so, remember no anything about Williams. it. I can't remember anything about Chitty Chitty. All I can remember is that I think Chris Evans owns the original one, and it's got a Ford Pinto motor in it. That's all I know. It's <laughs> basically uh, anyway, a Cortina to... with glass fibre wings on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those horrible, like a like a what are those cars that were? Oh, like oh, a like a faux, faux that like American. a vintage car. It's called a monarchy no. douchebag or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you look closely, the doors are off a mini or something. Oh, they're with the grim. Frames cut off. They're just yeah, they're horrible, aren't they? They're just like really, really terrible eighties wedding cars. They're bad. Um, they're bad lookalikes. That's what they're the equivalent of someone who's earning a living from being a lookalike of someone that's really not all that anymore anyway. It's just there's levels of sad there. I feel yeah. Um, just to wrap this up, Tom, uh, who I was reading out an email about 10 minutes ago from him, he said, I also had a 1.6 litre uh, TD B3 Passat bulletproof and ran on chip fat. I was going to recommend the G60 four-wheel drive version for Richard as a practical family car, but I think it's too old to be exempt from the ULEZ. And also, I think, Tom, <laughs> finding one might be quite challenging as well. <laughs> I, I, there's only one thing I'm going to have as a family car, and it's um, it's an old Passat G60 four-wheel drive. Uh, and I will not rest until I've found one. Uh, Do you know something? I, Somebody DM'd me on um, bloody... Uh, what, to offer you a Passat G64? No, was it, you know, I was talking about my brother's Passat that had done over 300,000 that was that was called Over. Yeah. Because of the OVA number plate. Um, some, somebody um, DM'd me who listens to this podcast who who bought it off my brother. Oh, and they sent me some pictures. Going, oh yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm sure I bought that car. Is it? Is it this? And he sent me some pictures, and I went, yeah, that's it. And he he owned it for about five years, I think, after selling it to my brother. And he said it worked really well. I drove it to Germany and all sorts of places. But then I lent it to a mate who isn't very sympathetic, and who changed the boost on it or something and blew it up what? instantly. Yeah, I said your friend's a bell. I said your friend's an absolute bell, and he agreed. He said my friend is a bell. I didn't forgive Uh, him for that. Just a quick one here, an email from Ken Long, who uh, sent us a picture of the um, infotainment screen and his wife's Ford Ranger as he was playing uh, Smith & Sniff through it. And you know how some of those car infotainment systems, they insist on sort of classifying the music or whatever you're listening to. So, you know, you'd put on, like, Girls Aloud, and it would go, oh, pop, it's pop, and it puts it on the screen. Like, aren't I clever? I know what this is. Oh, yeah. Um, you Apparently, if you play Smith & Sniff, or certainly the last episode, through um, through the system in a Ford Ranger, it, it identifies us as jazz. <laughs> Does it? Yeah. Which, <laughs> so thank you, Ken. It's good to know. Uh, We're talking all know, that jazz. 
Yeah. He wants to know if we're uh, smooth or avant-garde. I, I would have said freestyle, but um, who knows? Uh, I do quite like a bit of hectic jazz because it really brightens <laughs> up the day because you just don't know where uh, it's going to go. It's like a, it's like firing a gun in, in a really kind of ricochet room. Just, <laughs> just, or throwing a bouncy ball in a, in a confined space. Oh, that's exactly what it is. That is exactly what it is. Yeah, I do love a mad bouncy ball session. Frightens our cats um, to hell. I've uh, got an email here from Andrew Frankel. I presume that's not Andrew Frankel, the car journalist. It's another one, but um, but he's he's trying to suggest uh, uh, a Range Rover P thirty eight for me to buy. Um, really, with the added rider that it could be converted to EV when the emission zone kicks in. The emission zone kicks in, in in September. That's not a lot of time to do that. Nor indeed do I want a P thirty eight. So, um, but that's it's a nice thought. It's a, it's a, as the P thirty eights go, it's a nice it's a nice looking one that he sent through. Um, Someone sent me a DM about a P thirty eight the other week, and they said one of the most reliable cars I've ever bought was a P thirty eight. And I found it, and he even sent me pictures. I found it parked outside, their words, not mine, a massive um, council block of flats. And he said, um, I cleaned it up, drove it around for a while, and then I advertised it to someone, and then realised in the service history that um, I think it was owned by somebody famous, sold it to someone who went, did a shoot, some sort of... I don't know grouse shoot whatever these shoots are uh, and the, some members of the royal family turn up and there's a photo of the p38 part next to like some royal cars <laughs> having been living outside a council a part a block of flats six months previous so it just goes to show you see you know you can there you go you never know boy yeah. it's boy done sort good like, p38 kind of that is pygmalion story yeah um i'm going to jump straight to this email uh, from uh, Jamie Webb because uh, we're sort of running out of time and and th- but this is a good story because um, particularly because it involves schoolyard gossip which is always um, fertile ground um, Jamie uh, sent a message uh, first of all trying to persuade me to buy a BMW X5 4.8 IS which um, mm, I, <laughs> no probably won't probably won't do that uh but he says uh, this used to be gossip that filled the corridors of my secondary school which would spread like wildfire when every so often his mum it's a mate of his at school his mum would come to pick him up in a g55 amg hey but it was always the same g55 um the 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 claim was that this mate's dad had over 20 g wagons but his mum always turned up in the same one and so uh, this was regarded as a chink in the armour of the of the gossip that surely if he had uh, over 20 G-Vargans it would be a different one each time so no one really believed him and then Jamie goes on to say jump ahead a few years and I hadn't seen Turkish John which apparently is the mate <laughs> of course since we were at school ended up running into him in teen as I got off the coach on a university ski trip since then we've met up for a few beers in town and a couple of Christmases ago I thought I'd call him out on this bullshit gossip from school oh no <laughs> I thought I've got him here there's no way after six years and eight hours of day drinking he's going to be able to come up with a story or any photos he came back with well we can just grab a cab back to mine and I'll show you 15 minutes later I'm standing outside what looks like Fort Knox in the middle of St John's Wood and the 8 inch door opens to reveal the back of uh, a my back converted convertible short wheelbase G in front of that towering over everything was a 6x6 and seemingly tucked away at the back was the G55 he used to get picked up from in school, which is now transpires as their city runabout. 
Since this night of gobsmacking enlightenment, Turkish John regularly sends me teasing pictures of the rest of the fleet with all of them sat there in an aircraft hangar on trickle charges oh looking my... like Terminators. Oh my gosh, Turkish John, he wasn't bullshitting. So Turkish John, if you're at school with Turkish John and you, you, you haven't caught up with him in many years, um, Jamie from school uh, has found out that he's not a bullshitter. So that, I mean, that's pretty remarkable, <laughs> really, because usually it's the other way around, isn't it? You find out that... <laughs> The kid this who you thought was talking good... shit in school was actually talking uh, shit in school. So that's, that's amazing. There's a story of a, of a sort of like an inverse J from the in-betweeners. That's pretty amazing. Hats off to Turkish oh. um, John. Jamie's added a PS as well, which just sort of makes it equally remarkable. He says, PS, Turkish John's dad is also a big Rolls-Royce fan slash collector. So God knows what he's got. Bloody hell, Turkish there, John's but... old man is... Uh, I know. He's got some serious, serious cash cash cars hasn't he he's bloody hell I, t- I tell you what this is what I love about the podcast it brings out so many interesting stories which sound unrealistic but they're always backed up yeah there's always backup there which I'm really yeah. pleased about I love that I- I'd like to meet Turkey's John's dad now I know well, he's only I'd, down the road from here St John's Wood tw- I keep my eyes peeled for 20 you, I know. and I the liked, 6 by 6 even if I like G-Wagons why would I want that many of them well, it sort of goes to that thing I was saying about the other week. You know, not, I don't think I've ever owned the same type of car, model, make a model of car twice, because it sort of feels like you've got to keep moving on. And, yeah. And I, you sort of like, all that money in Jeeva, because you could have sort of tried something else. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> one final thing, uh, since we were just talking about P38s, just to... Just to um, prove my point that from the Andrew Frankel brackets, probably not that one, who sent me a thing saying... Why don't you get a P38? Uh, a guy called Tom Hollick just sent us a, p- a picture of a, a picture of a P38 Range Rover in St Albans, um, which has got its ass on the ground and its <laughs> nose in the air due to what I can only presume is some kind of horrible air suspension problem, and that is exactly why I don't really ever. It's the want, it's uh, the high it's the, the the Range Rover hydrofoiling effect that I do particularly like. I do like a good yeah. hydrofoil stance. Uh, I've just got to read the rest of Tom's email actually because it says uh, his other point was about cassettes, one cassette in a car like your uh, Roxy Music in the in the taxi. Oh, uh, he says I have one in my old M3, which is alas, hello, I must be going by Phil Collins, and it's sadly stuck, meaning it comes on regularly while flicking through modes on the stereo. <laughs> <laughs> I told you when I I had a tape deck in my old Jag XJ40 years ago before I changed all the audio, and the only tape I had at the time was I got from a local charity shop for a laugh and it was the movie soundtrack to Fletch Lives. <laughs> so I used to regularly what? just listen to all of Fletch. A Chevy Chase oh movie that's, that's not his best film and a, but a, no. and the, none of the songs in it are particularly memorable but I, I've heard them all a lot. Like too much. Um, Tom finishes his email by saying uh, then again who doesn't love Phil's turgid version of you can't hurry love <laughs> turgid <laughs> um, right that's quite enough of this like if you that. would like to drop us an email then um, it's uh, smithandsniff at gmail.com or if you are one of our lovely Patreons who generously chucks a few quid to keep doing this nonsense then you could send us a message through there and there's a sort of marginally better chance that it might uh, get read out that is in fact uh, Jamie uh, who told us about his mate Turkish John and the G-Vargans he emailed and then I think in despair at going oh they've ignored my email the useless twats he um 
he he became a patient and sent us a message through there and look he's had his thing read oh, out oh Jamie so, thank um, you so much the system works and thank yeah, you to everybody who who is a patron of this podcast it's really really kind of you and it's hugely appreciated um, indeed we we're going to hopefully do a bit more on Patreon we're just trying to work out what you might want so yeah. we'll leave it there because uh, <laughs> <laughs> we sort of feel like the answer might be nothing like just keep doing this and please don't don't overreach yourselves um anyway i have uh, three things to tell you before we end one johnny has a solo youtube channel it's called the late break show it has lots of fabulous things on it including uh, a new and uh, exclusive look at uh, johnny's imported japanese taxi and a review of the mustang mac e uh, two i have several books out one of them is called uh, boring car trivia volume two available exclusively on amazon as a ebook or a paperback and three Peter Hook, the bass player from Joy Division, and Stephen Morris, the drummer, were once questioned by the police under the suspicion that they might have been the Yorkshire Ripper. Turned out the confusion came because Joy Division's tour schedule around Britain at the time matched the movements of the killer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> How joyful. <laughs> it's a bit mad that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, I can't match that kind of trivia. I, I, I'm not sure that, um, that it was... I don't even know where that came from. But I've, it is got true. A, I've got a I cactus right in front of my laptop here, and in the pot next to the cactus is a very small Fisher Price figurine from one of my kids' toys from when they were very young. And I mm. kept it because I feel like it looks like Yafet Kotto from Live and Let Die. <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a picture of that. You must. Yes. Um yeah, so I'm sorry to bang on about the Patreon, but that's something else. Uh, every week I put up a, a page of pictures and links that are relevant to the show, so if there's certain things you want to see that we're talking about, there's a chance they'll be up on there. Um, that's it. We'll do this all again next week, I suppose. Until then, thank you ever so much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. Lovely. Lovely. Sweet. Amazing. Stopping record. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.